Thank you for joining the worship services of Shoto, Brady, and Dutton United Methodist Churches. I'm Pastor Julie King, and I'm so grateful for digital technology that allows you to join us from wherever you are in the world. You can join us every week by clicking the links on our Facebook at facebook.com shotoumc or on our website at umshoto.net. If you like what we are doing and would like to financially support us in ministry, you can find more contact information on our website, and again, that's umshoto.net. We're so grateful that you are joining us. told by John, chapter 20, the first 18 verses. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciples, the one who Jesus loved, and said to them, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Then Peter and the other disciples set out and went toward the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent down to look in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb. He saw the linen wrappings lying there and the cloth that had been on Jesus' head not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple, who reached the tomb first, also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture, that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to their homes. John's story continues with Jesus appearing to Mary Magdalene. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. As she wept, she bent over the to, to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white, sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. 
they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. When she had said this, she turned round and saw Jesus standing there. But she did not know it was Jesus. And Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? For whom are you looking? Supposing him to be a gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him, in Hebrew, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not hold on to me, because I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and to your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. it a morning like this when the sun still hid from Jerusalem and Mary rose from her bed to tend the Lord she thought was dead was it a morning like this when Mary walked down from Jerusalem And two angels stood at the tomb Bearers of news she would hear soon Did the grass sing? Did the earth rejoice to feel you again? Over and over like a trumpet underground Did the earth seem to pound? He is risen never-ending round he is risen hallelujah hallelujah was it a morning like this when Peter and John ran from Jerusalem and as they raced toward the tomb beneath their feet Was there a tune? Did the grass sing? Did the earth rejoice to feel you again? Over and over like a trumpet underground Did the earth seem to pound? He is risen Over and over in a never-ending round He is risen Hallelujah, hallelujah. Over and over like a trumpet underground, did the earth seem to pound? He is risen. Over and over. 
Was it a morning like this? When my Lord looked out on Jerusalem, he is risen. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Very powerful and so beautiful. Thank you, Lila. Christ is risen. For most of us, that is news that we already know. It's not something that comes as a surprise to us. For most of us, we have spent most of our years every time as we come into Holy Week and even through the Lenten journey, rereading the gospel stories. We read about the teachings of Jesus and the life of Jesus that leads up to the passion of our Christ. And then on Sunday mornings for Easter, we gather together and we retell the stories of his resurrection. You know, most of us can probably tell this story without even pulling out our Bible. And that's good news. But my hope this year is that all of us might find a new understanding, a better way to relate with the terror and the amazement that the disciples and Jesus' followers felt that morning so many years ago. The amazement is a pretty easy thing for us to grasp. It was most certainly a surprise. They were startled. That was an amazing thing that he was not there and that he had risen. The terror, however, came because it was something so new. It was scary because everything had changed. Everything was so uncertain. I want you to think back of a time that maybe in your own Christian journey, church felt a little bit scary. Maybe you remember the first time that you ever came to church. Maybe you moved to a new town and had to find a new church home. Maybe you had left the church for a while and you knew that you should come back but it is really, really hard for someone in that situation to walk through those doors. It is truly terrifying, even though they know and they anticipate that it's going to truly change their lives, it can be scary. I think all of us surely remember the newness of the pandemic as we come together and are so joyful and thankful to be together this Easter we also remember what it was like last year. Last year, we looked forward to Easter morning. We looked forward to our normal traditions. And then as the pandemic began and it went on, we quickly realized the reality that it was going to be very different. And it was scary. It truly was. But now, 
a year later, I think that we've entered into this new reality that this is the way our lives are, at least for now. I've had so many people that I have visited with about what Easter and this time of year means for them, and some have shared with me and expressed that this year Easter feels like they have a renewed hope. I've had other people express to me that this last year, the Lenten season and looking forward to Easter has made them realize the deep longing that they have for Christ and that they have for their church family. I've had some other people reach out to me who are so thankful that church was able to come back into their lives because of the pandemic. Some of them have not attended a church service in years, and they really do not foresee themselves stepping foot into a building, at least in the near future, but they are worshiping with us online. And they express to me that this Easter truly feels like it is a new relationship for them with Christ. So this Easter, no matter if you are one that is joining us online, that will be viewing this after the service, or if it's those of us that are here gathered in the sanctuary, I hope that this Easter is something that we can all fill. That we can truly fill it in our hearts and in our beings. I hope that this is a day that we are all able to truly accept that Christ is our risen Savior as we listen to his story. So now let's do reflect on this story. In John's version of the resurrection, it's Mary Magdalene that goes to the tomb early that morning. But when she gets there, terror is the feeling that I imagine that she feels. As she arrived, she realized that that big stone had been rolled away. And at least in her understanding at that time, somebody had taken Jesus' body. And she had no idea where it was. As a side note, I want to point out that John's version does not specify why Mary was at the tomb that day. But we do read that she went back and she told the disciples, we do not know where they have put him. And so because of those words and the traditions and the normal ways that they did burials at that time, we can assume from gathering from the other gospels that she was there with other women and that they were likely there to anoint the body. The purpose of anointing a body was truly just to prepare it for burial. The practice would actually help in the decay process. They brought along spices that would help with the smell, but those spices also assisted in the decomposition. Bodies would lie in the tomb for about a year. And then after that year, the families would go back into the tomb and they would collect the bones and they would put them in a box called an ossuary. And then they would take that box and it would be stored in a different location of the tomb. And so when Joseph had loaned his family's tomb to the family of Jesus, he knew that it was really going to be temporary. 
but little did he know how temporary it would actually be. So anyway, back to the story. Mary is scared. She is absolutely terrified. Can you imagine going through everything that she had just gone through, witnessing the suffering, the torture that Jesus went through and his death on the cross, witnessing putting the body of your beloved Lord into that tomb and then going there and believing that somebody had robbed the tomb, having no clue where his body was. I think that overwhelming doesn't even come close to describing how terrified she must have been. So John tells us that she ran to the disciples and Simon Peter and the other one who John doesn't actually list by name in the scripture other than it's the one that Jesus loved. They run, the two of them run as fast as they can to the tomb. The other one got there first and he ducked down and he looked into the tomb, but he too was terrified. All that he saw in there were strips of linen cloth. He couldn't make himself go in. But as Simon Peter arrived, just a few moments later, he does get up the courage and he goes inside. And as he goes into the tomb, he also saw the strips of the linen cloth. And he saw the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head rolled up neatly and laid there. The other disciple then joins him inside and to me, I believe that that's that moment that their terror became amazement. The scripture tells us that the other disciple went in and he saw and he believed. They did not fully understand it, but they believed. And that brought them enough peace that the disciples then went back to the place that they were. Now, before I get back to where Mary's at in this story again, I want to remind us all of the last time that we saw Peter in this Easter story, the one that we're all so very familiar with. The last time that we read about Peter in the gospel stories, he was collapsed. He was sobbing in a courtyard of the high priest's house. The last that we heard from Peter, he was spouting curses and swearing oaths that he did not have a clue who this Jesus person was. The last time we saw Peter in the story, he was condemned by a rooster crowing in the dawn of a very terrible day. That was the worst day of Peter's life. He knew that he had failed. He had failed to keep his word that he had so strongly declared just mere hours before that rooster crowed. In Matthew's gospel, Peter says, even though I must die with you, I will not deny you. And die, Peter did. He died inside that day in his soul, in his sense of self. But now Peter's back in our resurrection story and has a very important part of the story. So what did Peter do to deserve this? What did he do? Nothing. Actually, if we think about it, what did any of them do to make this Easter moment happen? They did nothing. Why do any of us deserve Easter? 
We didn't do anything to deserve Easter. What do we do to receive it? Nothing. I want you to hold on to that moment for just a minute and keep it in your mind as we pick back up with Mary. So the disciples had gone back to the place that they were before, and now Mary, she's left outside of the tomb. She is sobbing. I'm sure probably crying uncontrollably in a way that she has never felt or cried in her life. And all of a sudden, two angels appear before her and they ask her, Woman, why are you crying? She says to them that the body of her Lord had been taken away and she does not know where it is. Then a man comes up behind her and he asks her again, Woman, why are you crying and who is it that you're looking for? She sees the man who she believes must be the gardener. The tomb was in a garden and she looks at him and she begins pleading with him. She says, please, if you are the one that took his body and you know where it is, please just tell me so that I can bring him back. But that man, he looks at her and he says, Mary! That was Mary's moment, that moment where everything clicked and she went from extreme terror into absolute amazement because it was at that time that she realized that it was truly Jesus standing in front of her. My teacher, Rabbi, it was her Lord. Jesus, he tells her that I'm here. I have not ascended yet, but I don't want you to stay beside me and hold on to me. I need you to go and tell the people that soon I will be ascending to the Father, your Father. I will be ascending and I will be with God, your God. Go quickly and tell them. And so she did and she tells them, I have seen the Lord and everything that he had said. Have any of us ever felt like Mary at a time in our lives? Maybe a time that you felt very lost. A time that you felt maybe depressed, just weepy and alone. Maybe there's a time in your life that you believed that Christ was no longer with you. I think all of us have a way of convincing ourselves that things are the way we believe them to be. And most of the time, when we convince ourselves of something like that, it's usually something bad. We can't see past that moment. We don't know how we're going to get out of it. And then, in some miraculous, very God-Christ moment way, it's almost like we can hear Jesus standing in front of us saying, Mary! And that's our moment that we wake up. That's the moment that we snap back to reality and realize that Christ is, in fact, right here in front of us. That he was never gone. And that when we experience those moments, he wants us to be like Mary and go and share them with others. For so many of us, that's what Easter is about. It's a moment that renews us. It's a moment that we are reawakened. 
It's a moment that picks us back up. No matter what we have been going through in our life, it's the day that we remember that Christ is alive. He is not dead. And he is with us. He is working in every single one of our lives in so many ways. We just have to be willing to see him. So what do we do to make Easter happen? Nothing. What did we do to deserve such a gift? Nothing. Is there anything that we can do to stop Easter? Or is there a way that we can make Easter better? No. Easter is, it, it was and it is and it always will be. And we did nothing. And the sweet, sweet, glorious answer is that even though not a single one of us deserve it, or not a single one of us did anything to earn it, God did everything for us. The story of Easter is not a human story. It is a divine story. My hope for all of us today is that you hear the Lord calling you by name. And that you will remember, no matter how much it feels like your life may be shaken up, maybe you experience some of those Easter earthquakes that we talked about during our Lenten journey, Christ is risen. And because of that, we have hope. We have hope because God gives it to us. And because of the resurrected Jesus, we are led home. You will see him. Christ tells us that we will see him. Remember? You will see him, and in seeing him, I hope that you are reminded of the amazing love that God has for you and the amazing purpose that God has for your life. Christ is risen. He has risen indeed. Happy Easter. Amen. As we come to our time of Holy Communion, we will be doing the great Thanksgiving today, and so there will be some prompts on your screen to follow along. It just feels like the right time to use our full communion liturgy. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right, and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, brought us to a land flowing with milk and honey, and set before us the way of life. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. 
Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your son, Jesus Christ. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. By your great mercy, we have been born anew to a living hope through the resurrection of your Son from the dead and to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading. Once we were no people, but now we are your people, declaring your wonderful deeds in Christ, who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. When the Lord Jesus ascended, he promised to be with us always in the power of your word and Holy Spirit. On the night that Jesus gave himself up for us, he took bread. He gave thanks to you, then he broke the bread and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which has been given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, Christ took the cup. He gave thanks to you. He gave it to his disciples and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant that has been poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. On the day that you raised him from the dead, he was recognized by his disciples in the breaking of the bread and in the power of your holy church. Your church has continued in the breaking of the bread and the sharing of the cup. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts, in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith that Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all of the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty God, now and forever. Amen. I would like to remind all of you that in the Methodist Church, we believe that this is Christ's table. It is not our table. So no matter where you are in your Christian journey, all are invited to come and partake in the gift of the elements. I'll go ahead and invite you guys to come forward, and I'm going to grab my gloves here.
come to the table. trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible. The trumpet shall sound, and the dead And we shall be changed, and we shall be changed. shall sound, the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised, be raised incorruptible, be raised incorruptible. And we shall be changed, be changed. And we shall be changed. And we shall be changed. We shall be changed. We shall be changed. Shall be changed, and we shall be changed. We shall be changed, and we shall be changed. We shall be.
Awaiting the coming day, Jesus, my Lord. Up from the grave he arose, with a mighty triumph for his foes. He arose a victor from the dark domain, and he lives forever with his saints to reign. He arose. my Savior. Vainly they seal the dead, Jesus my Lord. Up from the grave he arose, with the mighty triumph for his foes. He rose a victor from the dark domain, and he lives forever with his saints to And he lives forever with his saints to reign. He arose, he arose. Hallelujah, Christ arose. Up from the grave he arose. With a mighty triumph on his foes. He rose a victor from the dark. Domain, and he lives forever with his saints. 